Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Have you ever considered using beetroot shots as a performance enhancer for your running? Today, we're going to discuss the nitrate component of beetroot and how nitrate-containing foods may help give you the edge for your running performance. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Aileen and I'm here once again with Karen. Karen, how are you today? Yes, no, I'm great, Aileen. And um, yeah, we've been having a little celebration, haven't we? Because um, we've passed the 10,000 mark for our podcast downloads. So um, it's a real a real achievement for us, isn't it? It certainly is. It's uh, quite a milestone. Um, you know, we were thrilled when you know, we hit our first 10 or 100, so 10,000 10, is fantastic. And that equates for us to about 4,000 listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a really big thank you uh, to all of you for listening and supporting us um, over the last uh, nine or 10 months. Um, you know, it's uh, it's fabulous. We're really, really delighted. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's hope, you know, we've got more celebrations as the year goes on yeah absolutely thank you everybody we really appreciate you supporting us in in reaching this landmark moment for it Um, yeah brilliant so so as always uh we'll we'll share a little bit about about ourselves before we get into um our topic for today which is actually about using beetroot for running performance so thinking about that topic karen um do you use beetroot as part of your running performance nutrition yes i do actually um i have to say i haven't used the beetroot shots you know the beetroot shots um to date but i think it is something i will aim to try maybe once um, my training becomes a bit more targeted um when i'm i'm doing it regarding performance for actual races but at the moment i've only got two races in the calendar and they don't actually take place until October, November. So, but, but, but really at the moment, I suppose I do use it in my diet on a regular basis, just to generally support my training and my performance, but it's not really strategic as such. 
Um, and I tend to introduce it in um, various ways, including roasting it as a side dish, maybe on its own or with some other vegetables. I also enjoy grating it and then using it as a base for a salad or adding it to a salad and also making soups, including that great recipe you shared, Aileen, just, I think it was just before Christmas um, in the Facebook group. That That's such a delicious soup. Um that was one that you did when you, you did your superthon. Um, and also I like it as a, as a base for a vegetable juice. And um, and I think we did actually feature beetroot in um, episode 30 where we were s- discussing sort of that food for winter running. And in that episode, we share lots of different beetroot meal ideas and recipe ideas. So for anybody who's really keen or interested in cooking with beetroot, thinking about their training and their pot, performance then it is one I recommend that you you maybe listen to so um so so Aileen that's how I use beetroot how about you do you use it as part of your running nutrition uh well like you I do eat beetroot regularly I love beetroot in salads side dishes um the soups that you mentioned um, and I like a beetroot juice or a smoothie um, but what I find in juice form um, I prefer to have it occasionally as it can have quite an earthy taste I once did a week where I had one every day and it sort of put me off um, to be honest um, so it's one of those things that I might you know have once every couple of weeks um, but to be honest I've not really thought about how it might support my running performance. Um, but I'm really excited to discuss this today because I think uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what ideas we come up with and mm. how people can use it. So so let's move on and talk about, uh, we'll talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, so we, we, we're focusing on beetroot for running performance, but really, um, to be a bit more specific, what we're discussing is the nitrates contained within beetroot. Um, and they've been extensively researched over the years, both for cardiac health and for sports performance. Um, so we're going to start by determining exactly what nitrates are, how they work within the body and how they support health. And then we're going to delve into how these nitrates impact on running performance. And then we'll end by looking at which foods contain nitrates um, over and above beetroot and, and how they can be incorporated into the diet. So, Karen, let's get started. Um, so can you define nitrates? What exactly are they? Yeah, sure, Aileen. So dietary nitrates are basically compounds that you can find in many plant foods. So thinking about foods uh, like leafy greens, for example, spinach, kale and rocket, but also in the root vegetables, which includes beetroot, clearly, um, but also carrots and sweet potato. But also it's found in celery and rhubarb and many other foods. But these are the foods that have the highest content of um, nitrates. But but the one that we associate most with the, the nitrate content is beetroot, because it's the vegetable in which the high has been the most research into its impact on health, thinking particularly about cardiac health and blood pressure health, but also there's some research out there on um, its impact on sports performance. Now, these dietary nitrates found in the vegetables, are they're absorbed through the intestines and, and then concentrated in the salivary glands. They're then sort of secreted 
into the mouth where some of them are then um, metabolized or broken down into nitrite by the oral microbiota. So the 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 bacteria in our mouth. And that when they're then swallowed, and these nitrates that then circulate in the body as bioactive nitrite, um, or they might be further metabolized into nitric oxide. Now, it's the nitric oxide that appears to date to have the most performance enhancing effects. Oh, that's really interesting to know how it all works. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what I would just add here is that while we're discussing the dietary nitrates, um, as this is the, the form that the research studies have, have used, um, we also need to consider that nitric oxide is produced endogenously, so by the body, and that's from um, metabolism of an amino acid called L-arginine. Um, so that's worth bearing in mind, that, you know, that we're making it um, through amino acids as well as taking it in through our food. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to to raise, Aileen. And the principal reason that studies um, tend to to use this dietary nitrate sources is because this what the class is nitrate, nitrite, nitric oxide pathway um, can be utilised in scenarios where there's reduced oxygen availabilities. And, and really exercise could be one of those situations where there is is low oxygen. Correct. So could you just explain that a little bit further, Karen? So can this, you know, why does this pathway uh, work? How can it be utilised in a situation where there's reduced oxygen availability? Yeah, I didn't really explain that very well, did I? So to put it simply, the the oral microbiota that I was speaking about, so the bacteria residing in our mouths, um, is needed to metabolise these nitrates into nitrite. And these bacteria are anaerobic, so that means that they don't actually need oxygen to function. So hence why this pathway can still work when there's low oxygen availability. So so what this suggests really and shows is that um, really appropriate levels and diversity of our oral microbiome, so our oral bacteria, could potentially be as important as the levels and diversity of the gut microbiome. And I think there's a lot of research done into the gut microbiome, but maybe not quite so much into the into the uh, oral bacteria. So mm. something maybe that will um, that will move forward in, in science um, um, in the in the future. Um, but it has been found, actually, in some of the research that certain lifestyle factors could diminish the amount and diversity of oral microbiome. And some of these factors include um, antibacterial mouthwash. And I think a lot of people use these mouthwashes and um, also antibiotics and the chewing of gum. So all these are thought to reduce the conversion of the nitrates to nitrites because of the impact that it's having on the oral bacteria. And this has then been shown to to blunt that associated decrease in blood pressure. Now, clearly, this is in research that's been looking at cardiac, um, cardiovascular health. Uh, And and also um, studies have indicated that this dysbiosis or an imbalance of the oral um, bacteria is associated with overall poor cardiac health, actually. So, So it's really interesting information. Yeah, it is. And I think, um, you know, just as a 
an observation, you know, I've noticed that in the nutritional world, oral microbiota is something that's beginning to be discussed and brought to people's attention. So, you know, as you say, we've maybe not thought about it before, but, you know, it's an important part of our overall microbiome. Mm. Um, something else that might have an impact on oral bacterial health is aging, um, especially as we, we get older, that we have reduced salivary flow rate. So, um, a dry mouth sort of symptom, uh, which happens with age, and that's been associated with altered oral bacteri- bacterial colonization. Um, but also on, on a more positive note, um, there are some studies uh, which would indicate that a diet rich in vegetables, which is something that we promote, uh, which contains high concentrations of nitrates, might help increase the levels of mouth bacteria. Um, so, you know, when we're, we're eating our half a plate of veg uh, two or three times a day, we're not just helping our digestive system, we're helping our, our oral um, microbiota too. And that's going to increase the metabolism of nitrates into nitrites and eventually nitric o- oxide. And like you've already said, it's thought that um, this is um, really important to um, significantly protect against uh, coronary heart disease and also stroke. So, um, you know, it, it sort of follows that it would enhance um, sports performance because it's helping our blood flow. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to go on and sort of look at how it impacts um, our sports performance. But um, before we do that, then I'll just do like a, a quick recap of what we've spoken about so far, Aileen. So we've we've determined that nitrates are compounds that are found in many plant foods, including um, beetroot. They're then metabolised by the bacteria in our mouths into the active compound nitrites and then further metabolized into nitric oxide and but there appears to be several risk factors um for diminishing mouth bacteria which includes the likes of these mouthwashes and also age that you were speaking about Aileen but by but it sounds as though by increasing um our intake of nitrate containing foods we, we could help increase the levels and also the diversity of our oral bacteria therefore supporting then that conversion of nitrates into nitrites and nitric oxide great that's a really uh, concise summary there karen thank you uh, so let's now look at the impact of the nitrates on sports performance because that's what we're, we're interested in here um so it's thought that the nitric oxide supports a- adaptation to physical exercise and this is for a, a number of reasons so um i just mentioned increasing blood flow um, and that happens through vasodilation so that's the expansion of blood vessels which allows greater blood flow um, it can also support muscular contraction uh, glucose uptake uh, and the control of cellular respiration um, so it's quite potent um, helps us in lots of different ways um, so how does this convert into performing uh, performance enhancing capabilities karen well, basically, what this potentially results in is um, for the for the athlete is um, a greater power output um, and also improved VO two max. So that's going to be important for um, for many different um, types of um, sports and exercise. It's also thought to help reduce the oxygen cost of um, low impact 
exercise, so becoming more efficient, and also improving the tolerance to high intensity exercise. And then clearly, overall, it's this is all going to um, support and increase sports performance. But interestingly, there is, you know, there's quite a lot of research out there. But unfortunately, none of the studies that have been carried out to date has demonstrated that there are any performance benefits um, during prolonged endurance exercise, which is unfortunate for um, for us. But but hopefully that will come. But I think there are still ways that, that beetroot, other nitrate containing foods can be utilised in our training plans to, to support our endurance running overall. Um, and what, what, what's interesting is that um, there was a 2020 review of approximately 80 papers studying the ergogenic effects of nitrate supplementation, of which it was mostly beetroot. Um, and it showed that almost 70% of the ones reviewed didn't observe a difference in exercise performance. But the review did go on to suggest that there could be several factors leading to these different outcomes. And I think we do need to bear this in mind that although they're not showing the results, how um, how unbiased, how many um, variations in the in the different research was there? And some of the things that might sort of lead to the to the differences in conclusions could be the potential aerobic fitness levels of the different participants, and also the sex of the participants. Um, was there a comparison between men and women? Um, what were the ages of the the men and women as well? And also the oral microbiome status was that actually taken in as a as a factor in these studies um but also the different forms and also the different doses of supplementation so really important to be mindful of these when we're thinking about um the research that's out there and um how much is um is is important for for us as nutritional therapists yeah, and I mean that's the point that we we always make, don't we, when we review these studies, Karen? Is that you know we're all individuals, we're all human beings, we're not all the same, and um, so it's all it can be quite difficult to compare us with one another. Yeah. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, you know there there are often um, some interesting. Uh, interesting thoughts from all of these review papers and the, the same um, meta-analysis um, did conclude some positive outcomes and it showed that nitrate uh, supplementation could enhance performance by approximately three percent now that doesn't sound very much um, but in comparison the performance effects are similar to the potential ergogenic effect of new running shoes so for example new running shoes with an embedded carbon fiber place like the the nike next percent range so it doesn't sound much but as we know all of these little microscopic differences can have a cumulative effect if you if you do many of them Exactly. It's about the edge, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. and, and, and it doesn't need a huge effect for, um, for it then to have a huge impact for the individual athletes. So I think that's really worth bearing in mind. It, it's it, even the small, the small vet. Well, yeah. I mean, we do all, we all worry about, or we talk about, you know, how many extra seconds faster we were and, and people who are non runners always find that very amusing don't they yeah exactly. <laughs> but, but for us you know that little extra minute you know can be a pb and you can be really excited about that so um so yeah it's worth worth doing yeah 
Yeah. And I think you're right, Aileen. I think that this review did conclude some positive outcomes. And I think what its overall conclusion was is that um, nitrate supplementation um, could be an, an effective ergogenic aid for young, healthy men, um, but mostly of low or moderate fitness. It did it did sort of determine that, um, that it doesn't seem to appear to have a significant effect on more highly trained athletes or, or elite athletes. And also, um, they, they were saying that the nitrate supplementation being used needs to be between six millimoles to eight millimoles, which is the equivalent, the equivalent really of, um, say, 500 mils of beetroot juice or maybe a 70 mil um, uh, bottle of the, the more concentrated drink, for example, that beet it that we were speaking about earlier. And and also what it concluded was that th- these juices or, or the nitrates need to be consumed approximately two to three hours before exercise for the most enhanced effects. Mm. And actually, and actually, another study, Alien, whilst I'm thinking about it, showed that um, consuming, say, 500 mils of beetroot juice over six days could actually reduce um, blood pressure and also lower the the energy cost of or the oxygen cost of running. Actually, and they were using a treadmill, and that the 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 um, lower oxygen cost of running was at by around seven percent, and um, and, and they also found that there was an increased time to exhaustion of 15%. So I think these are quite significant numbers, actually. Yeah. And, and they were finding that it's it's potentially the chronic intake of these nitrates, so the chronic intake of, of the nitrate-containing foods that's thought to have to to be more effective than maybe having an in, acute intake of maybe one dose but a high dose. So that when we say chronic intake, we mean having it regularly, eating it, drinking it regularly over a long period of time will have a better impact than just thinking I'm doing a race next week so I'll have a beetroot shot. Exactly. So it being part of our everyday um, nutrition, really, so Mm. that the body is is constantly um, taking in a certain amount of these nitrates. Mm. So I'm quite intrigued at um, the thought about this nitrate supplementation needs to be taken sort of a far in advance of exercise. Um, so that, you know, that was quite unusual, sort of two to three hours before you would go out and do a run. Why, why is this the case, Karen? Yeah, that's really, that's a good point, Aileen, because generally we speak about taking foods maybe within an hour or, or of going out or 45 minutes um, before going out for for exercise. But, but the main reason for this is because um, it is thought that the sort of the plasma or the blood nitrate levels seem to peak after one to two hours and then sort of looking at that nitrate, so that conversion into the nitrate. So their levels seem to peak after two to three hours. So that's why there's the main delay in, in um, or taking them uh, so far in advance of taking the supplements so far in advance and then both of these levels gradually return to baseline after about 24 hours so they do stay in the system for a reasonable length of time Mm. so you you mentioned before that um that there's been conclusions that the nitrate supplementation could be effective enhancing performance in males but what about females um that 
this, you know, we all, we're always focusing on our female factors. So is there anything that we should be considering regarding nitrate supplementation, Karen? Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, I think there are uh, several female factors we need to be considering and considering. And I think the most important one is that there are just so few studies uh, focusing on the performance effects of, of nitrates in female athletes. I think there's a lack of studies generally in, in female athletes, but certainly in this area. Um, now, they do think that this is attributed mainly to the complexities of the hormone fluctuations throughout the menstrual cycle. So they just don't want to go there. Um, but I do think it needs to be addressed. And there, there, you know, there are some review papers out there expressing this, this, this situation and that it does need to be addressed. So it's great that some, some authors are, are, are trying to, to get this message across that we do need more, um, more more research into female athletes but of the the sort of few studies that have been conducted on females what they have found is that um, women generally have increased levels of nitrates in the body generally in the body besides men and also following consumption of nitrates through food um, women appear to experience a greater elevation of blood nitrates and nitrites and um, besides men and then also they find that following nitrate supplementation, women have a lower resting blood pressure than men so that the blood pressure reduces more. And that's both systolic and diastolic reading. So, yeah, quite, quite positive for women. Yeah, yeah, it is positive news for us as ladies. And uh, just thought of, I'm just thinking out loud, why could this possibly be the case? And, um, you know, there are a few things that might, you know, potentially be the reason why. So maybe we've got um, better oral bacteria um, mm -hmm. compared to men. Uh, maybe we chew gum less. Maybe you, we use mouthwash less. Um, and maybe we um, eat more nitrate-containing foods. Um, so, you know, I mean, I don't know whether that's a, they're, they're female factors or not, but it's, it's sort of a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. And I think these are all uh, all possibilities when you think about what we've discussed so far, Aileen. But I, I do think it, it still does need to be determined through the scientific studies. But hopefully that will come. Good. So that's lots of information here, Karen. So I'm just going to summarise uh, before we move on. So the main message is that nitrates are thought to support exercise performance in various ways. So it helps with greater power input. Um, it improves tolerance to high intensity exercise. Um, but unfortunately, there's been no studies to date um, that have demonstrated any performance benefits during prolonged endurance exercise. Um, the performance benefits appear to be small but significant in low and moderately trained athletes. Um, no performance effects appear to be evident in highly trained and elite athletes. So, so for us mere mortals, that sounds quite, it could be quite beneficial for us, um, you know, as, as non-elite athletes and, and just being, uh, you know, recreational, moderately trained runners. Um, that sounds like it's, it's good news for us. 
Yes, yeah, absolutely. And then the other point I think that's just um, interesting or, or important to summarise is that the, the nitrate supplementation needs to be between six millimoles to eight millimoles, which is the equivalent of the 500 mils of beetroot juice or that 70 mil bottle of um, the more concentrated drinks. And also to remember um, that it needs to be consumed approximately two to three hours before exercise for the most enhanced effects. Um, but Aileen, just before we go on and discuss the foods, shall we pause for a, a quick advert break? Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, for people that haven't listened to us before, this is the part of the episode where we just take a minute to let you know a little bit about uh, what Karen and I do uh, business-wise outside of the podcast. Um, so, you know, we're both nutritionists as well as runners, and um, we see a lot of injured and unhealthy runners in our clinics who are frustrated uh, with the lack of performance progression and often that's why they come to see us um, and what we found is that often by making some simple and practical changes to their nutrition and lifestyle choices it's really allowed them to flourish and enjoy their running again um, so about 18 months ago Karen and I created a program called Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners and that was really to give access to nutrition um, for runners without people having to invest in one-to-one consultations because obviously, you know, not everybody's got uh, the time or the finances to dedicate to that and and what they need is some easy information that is easy to apply. So that the program that we've we've developed is a video program. Um, it's short and sweet. Uh, you can do it in you know, complete it in about 30 minutes a day over two weeks if you choose to do it quickly or you can take as long as you, you like because the videos are there for you to work through at, at your own pace. Uh, but what I really wanted to uh, just highlight today is that it's more than a video program. Um, so you get access to Karen and I um, through a, a availability through emails and a Facebook group. Um, and if you if you want us to answer any questions regarding to you know your training or your food plan uh, we're on hand to help and, and we're available um, every week to be able to do that for you uh, so all you all you need to do is um, get in touch um, so if you're working through a video and you think what do I do now um, you can ask us um, we also um, send you invitations to our live Q&A's um, periodically so we do a live q a in, in our facebook group once a week and then we also do some other live trainings just for the people who've uh, joined us on the program and that also is another opportunity to get some personalized input into your running nutritional program so it's really a great way to get access to nutritional expertise from karen and i without having to invest in it in a one-to-one and, and be able to work at the pace that you want um, so if you've been listening today and thinking, yeah, I'd really like to nail my nutrition this year, um, I'd really suggest that you take a look at the program. You can find all the details over at our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. Uh, if you look at the top menu bar, click on online program, you'll find everything that you need there. And if you've got any questions about the program that you want to know before you um, sign up, then uh, send us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. Great. Thanks ever so much, Aileen. Okay, so now we've talked through the heavy theory and the science of, of nitrates and its links to sports performance. Um, so I thought now we could maybe move into the more fun aspect of discussing the foods we need to eat to really ensure we're ingesting and building up our nitrate stores. So 
you know, just as a point of interest, nitrates are stored in muscle. So when we're not utilising them, um, they're stored in muscle as a nitrate reservoir. And then we can sort of tap into that source um, as nitric oxide during our exercise. So um, so we'll have the we'll have um, nit- nitric oxide in our systems um, that's been converted, but any extra is going to go into a reservoir, and then we just pull on that as we need it for our exercise. So, Elaine, I thought what we could maybe do now is choose a few of the foods that we mentioned back at the beginning and think about how we could introduce them into the diet, maybe thinking of some meal and snack ideas to share. What What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And obviously, beetroot is a must, considering it's the most researched vegetable in this um, arena. Uh, but I think we could also talk about some other high nitrate containing foods like rhubarb and maybe spinach too. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they sound good to me. Okay, so um, thinking about beetroot first, um, you know, we've already talked about beetroot juice and the beet it shots, both of which could be very easy to introduce into the diet um, for your training. Um, beetroot soup we've mentioned, so that's a really simple meal idea or maybe roasting beetroot to have as a side dish. Um, and you could add other root vegetables um, that you mentioned, Karen, you know, you talked about um, carrots and sweet potato as well and that would keep the vegetable intake colorful and varied um, and that those sort of ideas would be really great for people who train late afternoon or in the evening um, have you got anything else that you would add to the the beetroot suggestions karen um actually i don't think i do really you've given a really comprehensive list of of meals and snacks um what i would just do is remind everybody that they can find more meals and snacks um ideas in episode 30 that i spoke about earlier when we discussed food for winter running um and also they would find your delicious beetroot soup recipe alien in um the Runners Health Hub Facebook group. So so I do recommend that you have a look. So thinking about rhubarb, that was the other food you mentioned, Aileen. Um, yeah, how I use it, I tend to, or enjoy it best, actually, just lightly stewed with maybe added uh, cinnamon or ginger, or I might sometimes add both, actually. Um And I would then tend to top this with coconut yogurt and toasted seeds. And this really makes a great healthy and tasty snack. Um, And it would make a good um, afternoon snack, really, if somebody was training in the afternoon or in the evening, just thinking about that two to three hours after um, training for the nitrate um, and the nitrite levels than having it in the afternoon if training in the evening. If, however, you are a morning trainer, you like to get up um, and train um, early, then you could potentially make it into a substantial breakfast by adding some oats into it as well and having that, um, again, the two to three hours before you then go out running in the morning. Aileen, what about you? Do you have any additional ideas for rhubarb? Uh, yeah, well, actually, I've been making some rhubarb this week because it was uh, I saw the first rhubarb of the season in the greengrocers, and uh, everybody was quite excited. The greengrocer said everybody's been buying it today, so <laughs> I couldn't resist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, what I did was um, I poached it in some orange juice. So I squeezed an orange um, of juice. I, I grated the orange zest and added some grated fresh ginger. 
and I actually added a little bit of honey as well because it, it is very tart so you need a little bit of sweetness um so I've used some honey um and it, it, you know you you cook it really quickly um you know it doesn't take long to cook and then I I just um put it in a in a pot in the fridge and and it's been chilled really since the weekend so every day this week I've been having a portion uh, with some yogurt I mean I did think about putting it in the freezer but it was actually so nice I thought I just want to eat it this week um so I I've been having it either as a snack or a dessert um you could make it into a, a crumble you know so you could do a sort of an OT nut crumble and maybe put them in individual pots and again that's easy to take out of the freezer and have as a a snack or a quick dessert um or you could just use it as a compote on on the porridge in the morning mm. um now i know some people do use if you go to some posh restaurants you might find rhubarb as part of a savory dish but that's not something i've ever done um but yeah you might see that on a menu somewhere mm. yeah no, it's not anything i've done either really okay so um let's move on to spinach um so I, I i love spinach and it's it's something that i always have i very rarely would run out of spinach um and i think it keeps really well as a fresh vegetable in the fridge so you know like some leaves sort of wilt but um spinach never really does um and i also have frozen spinach too um which i've discovered um you know more recently so i have a bag of frozen spinach and um that's great to add to hot food you know so if i've done a soup or a casserole uh you can just pop it frozen straight into the hot liquid and it just adds a bit of green to whatever you you're making um but the fresh spinach i i all i love a green scrambled egg so i'll put uh the leafy spinach as part of of the scramble that i do and i also add it to green juices or smoothies um and and also use it as as a salad you know either mix it with other leaves or have it as a a salad leaf on its own so it's very very versatile um what about you Karen do you use spinach for your training plan yeah yeah and I agree with you Aileen I think it is such a versatile um vegetable and I think maybe it's because it's relatively tasteless so you can really add it to so many different foods without altering the flavor and and I tend to use it um in stews I'll just add it towards the end of of stews also casseroles I'll I'll whiz it up in dips um I'll also sometimes use it um in a pesto as well just for something different I tend to use basil but sometimes I'll use rocket or maybe a, a mixture of rocket and spinach or spinach on its own um, and these are all really good ideas for someone who's training in the afternoon or the evening again. But if you're training in the morning and you want to sort of get the nitrate content before you go out for your morning run, then um, you could maybe wilt it with some garlic and herbs and then eat it alongside um, some eggs or smoked salmon or, or, or something else similar, but, but but including it as part of, of a breakfast as well. So it is really versatile. Mm, great. So we've got some really good meal and snack ideas um, to help everybody start introducing these foods into your diet if you're not already doing it and if you are it's great to know what these foods are doing for you and really supporting your nitrate intake for training and 
hopefully you're going to find them useful, you know, whatever time of day you train, morning, afternoon or evening. So, Karen, just before we we round up for the day, um, can you give us um, your key takeaways for this episode? Yeah, sure, Aileen. So um, my key takeaways would include um, remembering that nitrates are compounds found in various vegetables, including beetroots and rhubarb, as we've been discussing, and that are known for um, health benefits and supporting heart health, also reducing the risk of stroke and lowering blood pressure, but also in increasing sports performance. And just remembering that optimal oral microbacteria, so so um, the microbiota, so that, that mouth bacteria is needed to support the conversion of nitrates to nitrites. And that certain lifestyle factors are thought to reduce the levels um, and, and diversity, including the use of the mouthwashes and chewing gum. Um, nitrites are, are further metabolized into nitric oxide, which is thought to have the most performance enhancing effects, or, or that's certainly where the research is at the moment. And remember that nitrate intake needs to be between six millimoles to eight millimoles which um, I've said before is the equivalent of 500 mils of beetroot and needs to be consumed approximately two to three hours before exercise to ensure that you're getting uh, the most benefits from it. Um, and the, the, the performance enhancing effects of the nitrates includes that greater power output and that improved tolerance to high intensity exercise. But no studies yet saying what its its effects are on um, prolonged endurance exercise. So really, for us as runners, and um, the benefits are going to be around the strength and the hit exercise that you complete to support your overall endurance running. So I think there's still of benefit, um, but it's about the exercises maybe you do around your endurance running rather than the actual runs themselves. And then finally, there are lots of delicious foods out there containing nitrates, including the beetroot, the rhubarb and the spinach that we've spoken about. So I would just say have fun in the kitchen, uh, producing some of the delicious meals and snacks ideas that we've we've spoken to you about that is also going to support your training. Brilliant. Thanks, Karen. That's been another really interesting and stimulating conversation. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies recommended as best leggings for running by women's fitness magazine we think they have everything a female runner needs first of all they're high compression to support your legs and bum they have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run there's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key they also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a gps tracking device and this is a unique safety feature 
All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at AmazingJane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.